What a special time of year this is. I so enjoy this time, being able to see the, the lights and the decorations, Christmas tree, the Christmas music as well. And uh, as we come closer and closer to the end of another year, it can only mean, of course, one thing, Christmas is almost here. Any of you playing Christmas music yet? You doing that? Okay. Those online, uh, are you doing Christmas music yet? And if you are, when did you start playing Christmas music? Maybe online you can put it in the chat when you started Christmas music. But anybody here want to share when you started playing Christmas music? Yesterday, okay. Anybody stopped playing Christmas music since last Christmas? <laughs> Ricky's been singing it and playing it all the time. <laughs> Well, you know, some of us just love that Christmas music, huh? If Katie Layton was here, she'd be saying, yeah, I never quit playing Christmas music because I love Christmas. She's, she's one for that, too, and I, I, I'm in her camp. I enjoy that quite a bit as well, too. But, you know, if you were to put together a collection of songs to listen for this Christmas season, what or who would be on that list? What, who, what or who would be at the top of your, your list of Christmas songs? Maybe online you can... Put it in the chat as far as who that might be or what, that, what song needs to be on your Christmas playlist. How about anyone here? What would be on your playlist? What would be the Oh Holy Night? Nice. Anyone else? Pe Pentatonics, the group. Yeah, yeah, singing Christmas music. That's wonderful, yeah. Anyone else? I think for me, I'd make sure I'd have Bing Crosby on there. Be singing some songs, of course, definitely. Maybe also Andy Williams. The Carpenters, got to have the Carpenters. Maybe, oh, of course, Mariah Carey, right? Got to have that one on there. A Trans-Siberian Orchestra, playing that song, of course. Mannheim Steamroller, anybody? Oh, I love, I love all that the Christmas music that they do. And, of course, Nat King Cole, right? Christmas song. I'm sure there's other songs, too, you'd be thinking of as well, but... Today we begin a brand new series called Christmas Playlist. Now, most of you probably know what a playlist is, and uh, when you are listening to music in the car while working out or at work or when you're doing your chores or maybe even doing your devotions, you have music playing. You might have a certain playlist, a, a list of songs that you have playing when you're doing these different things. You can select songs you like to put on a specific order of, uh, 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 of, of list. And today, if we had to select songs for an all-time best Christmas song playlist, chances are we would probably agree on many of the selections. Although, <laughs> I didn't agree with some of the top 50 Christmas songs lists online when I looked them up. I was like, nah, I don't think I would play that or it'd be on my play playlist at all. And that's the way music goes sometimes. Some people will go, well, will say, yes, this song has to be there. And others will go, no, this song has to be there. We have our preferences in those things. But many of the classic Christmas songs that are sung each year are full of deep spiritual meaning and significance. And many songs are focused on a different aspect of the story of Christ's birth. Songs about angels, songs about shepherds, about wise men, stars, Mary and Joseph, all help us to fully experience the holiday season. And if you were to put them all together, you'd have a Christmas playlist that would express this special time as Christians everywhere celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And while celebrating Christmas, we are remembering 
the incarnation of Jesus. Now, whether you have never heard this, this story before or have heard it a thousand times, I'm grateful that you all are here today as we begin this new series of messages. Today, we're going to start with one of the most well-known Christmas songs of all time, the first Noel. And that's what we're going to visit this Sunday, today. And the announcement given to the shepherds in the field was good news for all people. The Savior was born who would bring peace to a world that was in great need. The shepherds could have ignored the news as it seemed too good to be true, but they went away at once to see for themselves. This song reminds us that this good news is for us today. For us today, but the question is, will we believe it? Will we believe this good news? Now, throughout this series, we're not going to unpack the songs themselves. We're not going to analyze the verses and, and, and the words of each of the songs. But we're going to learn the biblical meaning and significance of each. And yes, it's going to be a twist on the traditional Christmas series, but I think it's going to be one that will be both enjoyable and encouraging for all of us. And will we get to probably your song? Will we, will we leave out a song you thought we should have put in? Probably. <laughs> we'll probably leave out a song, but um, maybe we'll save it for next time <laughs> doing this. But uh, let's get started on this. So turn with me if you have any. The Luke chapter 2, we'll see the verses in the, um, behind me as well too, but this is probably the most the most read gospel account during the Christmas season, because Luke's account gives us some remarkable details about the birth of Jesus. And here in this part of the story, we learn that the good news is shared with some simple shepherds. In Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8, and maybe you might even also hear Linus saying this uh, from the Peanuts gang, (laughs) and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Watching, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. <clears throat> you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So this good news the Bible speaks of. What is this good news? What does it mean for us today? It's the first Noel. It's the first Noel. Jesus Christ coming into the world, even as a baby boy, meant God in the flesh had arrived. God in the flesh had arrived in the form of a baby boy. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about this good news today and what it means for us in our lives as well, too. First of all, the good news promises joy. The good news promises joy. I can remember the first time I learned the the difference between joy and happiness, one of the times. Um, Driving in my car, somewhere near, it was actually as um, 
Uh, going north on 205 and branches off and you go north on 82nd Avenue. If you all know where I'm talking about. And uh, driving through there, it's through um, the holiday season, kind of like times like this. And as I'm driving there, uh, trying to get to, I can't remember what I was trying to get to. It wasn't to the Clackamas Town Center. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that for all it's worth during, during the holiday season. But driving north on 82nd, when it gets to that point there off of 205, traffic just backed up. And there were people coming off 224 on the on-ramp there, just a line, a train of cars, not going anywhere. Tail lights were in front of me, all bright, shiny. No, no traffic was moving. It was just standing still. And I'm thinking, I took the wrong turn. <laughs> I should have gone the other way. Anyway, all that was happening. Everything was going on there. And I didn't feel very happy about it. <laughs> and I thought uh, I, I should have taken another way around. And I, stuck, I, I was stuck there for quite a while. But a weird thing happened while I was sitting there in the car and... Uh, getting kind of upset about the situation, I still then had this overwhelming joy come upon me. I couldn't explain it. Here I'm sitting in traffic. I should be pretty irritable. I should be yelling at whoever would listen. Um, and, and, but here I am with this overwhelming joy coming upon me, feeling the presence of the Lord, that He's with me, being reminded of what He's done for me, providing a way to heaven, and during the holiday season, being reminded that Jesus was born in a manger for us, a baby in a manger, the Savior of the world, and we're celebrating that this, this time of year, and so I'm sitting in my car, first kind of getting upset about the traffic, and, and dummy me, I should have gone another way, but then, of course, this overwhelming joy, and I just sat there and thought, that's right. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord doesn't come from happenings around me. There could be situations going on all around me that just are negative, that don't, uh, don't give us fun times. But the thing is, happiness comes from those happenings. <laughs> and if those happenings aren't happy, we're going to be pretty upset about it. But the joy comes from the Lord. And that joy, as a follower of Christ, is with us all the time. Sometimes it gets kind of buried. It might be, get kind of overshadowed by some things that might happen in our lives. But the joy comes from the Lord is still there. We just kind of need to identify that at times and realize that the joy of the Lord is still with us. And so during that time in the car, I was experiencing that. I thought, yep, this is joy. There's no other reason to explain this because I should be upset and angry about what's going on right now with traffic and everyone cutting in front of everyone else and nobody moving. I just sat there with a smile on my face. <laughs> it was kind of strange. But in this situation, I learned the difference, of course, between joy and happiness. Maybe today, so far this morning, you have had a good day. Maybe. All, maybe all, all the kids got dressed for church in time to leave. Um, you haven't been aggravated by your spouse for any reason. <laughs> Everything has gone as planned. Well, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> something will happen today that's not planned. But I, it, something will happen that will test your patience. Something will happen that may try to ruin your good mood. It's in those moments that we begin to understand the difference again between happiness and joy. 
The happenings will affect your happiness, but it can't touch your joy. God doesn't want us to settle for something that comes and goes. Rather, He wants to grant us something that will last for eternity. And this is the promise of good news. It's exactly what the angel of the Lord says to these shepherds who were minding their own business out in the fields. Good news will, will, will bring great joy. And this is why the Bible says elsewhere that the joy of the Lord is your strength. When the Israelites gathered together and asked Ezra to read the law of Moses to them, they were crying and weeping because they realized how far they strayed from God's word. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, we see this. It says, Nehemiah said this, he said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's how we can gain strength through these days, is be reminded how the joy of the Lord is our strength through those difficult times. When we decide to not only hear the good news of Jesus Christ's coming, His crucifixion, His resurrection, but hold on to it, hold fast to it. The joy God gives us through obedience becomes our source of strength. And it's probably why Paul says this in, in his later writing in 2 Corinthians, and he says that his wife, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we accept and believe the good news of Christ, we are meant to radiate the joy that, that we are promised, which only comes from the Lord. Would you like some more good news today? <laughs> because it doesn't stop there. Another thing about good news is that it results in praise. The good news results in praise. Let's revisit uh, the immediate outcome of the angel delivering to the shepherds the good news in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom His favor rests. Now, the Bible says that the angel was joined by a great company of the heavenly hosts. And what were they doing? They were praising God. They were all praising God. We must understand that when we come to accept and believe the good news of Christ, it should lead us into praising God for His magnificent gift. We should be praising Him daily for what He has done for us. Do you remember the time when the gospel became real to you? When you understood the magnitude of Christ's sacrifice and the implications it had for you? I can remember that day. I can remember up to that day. I can remember that moment. And I can remember afterwards as well, too. Just the specific things that went on. The things that led up to August 12, 1986. For me, it was a friend who was able to help me understand some of the questions I had about this thing called Christianity, about this thing called uh, a, a, a Christian, <laughs> a follower of Christ. What did this all mean? I, ha I had the idea of, of, of Christmas through all the different things that uh, we see and, and hear about. I knew about Jesus being born in a manger, but I didn't know fully well all those things and what that meant until... 
this friend of mine was able to help me and understand what this was all about. I remember being um, hungry and thirsty for more about that until it culminated in, uh, in a Tuesday night at uh, Camp Baker, coming uh, that evening chapel time. And when the speaker was speaking, I couldn't tell you what he spoke about. I, I don't even remember any of that. All I remember is that God was just placing upon me the need for a Savior and that I, had to, I needed to come to a decision about that. That was the night. And with the help of that same friend who brought me to the camp and helped me along with all those different questions, he was there to pray with me for me to be able to receive Christ as my Savior that night. And that night from there on was a time where then I just felt, I felt like I needed to praise God. I felt like I needed to praise God not only with my mouth, but with my, my actions, my life, for what he had done for me. And so being able to talk to people about that night, right there during the chapel, after the chapel time, of course, but right there with other young people my age, and they always, they, I, I felt they thought that I was kind of silly and a little, a little off, but I just felt the joy of the Lord. I just had to tell people what God had done for me, saving me from my sins, providing a place for me in heaven. One day, I'll go. And being able to communicate to those people about those things. And, and then from that day on, just, just uh, the day in and day out, being struck by, by, by God's presence and being reminded how good He is in my life. Being reminded of what He has done for me and how He's going to use me for His glory. He's going to use each one of His followers of Jesus for His glory. And you will sense that. You will identify that, I trust, to be able to know what, you, what God has for you in the path He wants you to go. In that, uh, that Tuesday night, August 12th, 1986, was the moment, of course, that changed my life as I received Christ as my Savior. From that day on, it just has been nothing but a, <laughs> a roller coaster ride, but a ride that was with... Jesus leading the way all the, all the way. And to hold on tight because God was using me in so many different ways. And for me to be able to say yes to Him for whatever He had for me down the road. I understood the magnitude of Christ's sacrifice and the implications it had for me. Now, this is just my story. Your story and my story have much in common, though. We both either came to an understanding of the gospel or we'll come to an understanding of the gospel. And maybe today, you've never heard Jesus talked about in this way. You always knew a little bit about His death, a little bit about His resurrection, but not really where it started. The reason this promise of Jesus' birth is good news doesn't just have to do with Luke chapter 2, when it is announced. Instead, we must go back to the Old Testament to fully understand the significance in Isaiah chapter 7, which says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel. This promise is made and written in the book of Isaiah approximately 700 years before the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. 700 
years. And yet, even then, God was prophesying that one day he would come in the flesh. And more on the, on the word Emmanuel later in this, this, this series of messages. We'll get to that, but not today. But can you imagine how much praise must have been given to God when the good news was announced as a reality 700 years after it was prophesied? 700 years, that's a long time to wait. Finally, this Messiah, God in the flesh, was here to walk with His people. And even now, we as God's people can participate in this continuous praise for God granting us this gift of Christ. It's an invitation into something more than ourselves, which leads me into the next point about the good news. The good news invites us. The good news invites us. We read about the angel's response to the good news, but what about the shepherds uh, in the story? Here's what the Bible says in verse 15. When the, when the angels had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they had the faith to believe that the Lord had, had indeed spoken to them. And because of this, they couldn't stay silent. They had to tell people. They couldn't stay still. They had to go and see for themselves what this amazing promise was. I don't think any shepherd just stood around and thought, ah, okay, a lot of angels. That was cool. I'll go back to my sheep now. <laughs> this was good news. They thought, okay, what is going on? Let's find out what's happening here. They left. They went. The first human ambassadors of the gospel were humble shepherds who hurried to see the baby and then told everybody what they had seen and heard. And that Greek word, uh, the, the Greek verb for found in, in verse 16, the following verse there, means to find after a search. Have you ever searched for something? And you search and you search and you finally find it. The rejoicing that goes on because it was lost and now it's found. That's what this Greek verb here for the word found is, is, is expressing. The Magi had a star to guide them, but all the shepherds had was the sign given them by the angel. <laughs> that was it. That was enough. They were so hungry, so hungry for a Savior. And today, all these years later, we have a similar invitation on the table for us. Come and see. Come and see. Do you believe God has spoken to you today? Do you believe He prophesied about Jesus many years ago? Do you believe Jesus came to this very earth, as the Bible says? Do you accept and understand the good news? I believe that this good news invites you and I into something this world could never offer, especially in this time of year with all the Christmas lights and Christmas trees and songs of Christmas and everything else. It's something eternal. It's something everlasting that good news invites us to. Something that will bring great joy to our lives. Something that will grant us the peace that we have been craving. Something that calls us to have faith to believe it 
to be true. Good news. The first Noel, Jesus Christ. Today, I don't claim to know everything about your story. I don't claim to know everything about your hurts, about your goals, even about your dreams. But I do know that every person here today, both those who are joining us online and here in person as well, is confronted with the same question at some point in life. That is, do you believe and accept this message as good news? Do you believe and do you accept this message as good news? If so, and you, you've, you've never invited Christ to be your Lord and Savior, today is an opportunity for that. And when you pray to receive Christ as your Savior, you better believe the Holy Spirit will come into your life to convict, to comfort, and to lead you down the greatest journey you could ever take. And the promise is that you will never be alone. Never. He will never forsake you. Jesus will be with you always. The Spirit will guide you and your, and your brothers and sisters in Christ as well, too will walk beside you. It's a group effort. It's not something you do on your own. You walk this journey as a follower of Jesus with others, especially with the Holy Spirit. If you are at that point, you've never received Christ as your Savior, today is an opportunity to do that. Today is an opportunity for you maybe to renew that if you've done it before and it's got kind of old, kind of musty, kind of worn out, and you need to renew that, Jesus is saying, hey, I'm here to make all things new. <laughs> all things new. Not only just a new creation. And if God needs to renew in you that relationship with Him, maybe today is the time to be able to stop and pray. Whatever the case. I trust you'll be able to do some, some time here with Jesus, settle in, and have a little prayer with Him today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your message today, and thank You, Lord, for reminding us about the good news. Thank You, Lord, for how You've worked in our, our lives so far to bring us to this point. And Lord, those who are online, those who are here today, if they've never received you as Savior, they've heard a lot about you. They've heard plenty of things about this time of year. They've heard plenty of things about the Easter season. But they've never taken that step of faith. They've never said, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. I need you as a Savior in my life. I need you to take away the sin in my life. I need you to clean me up. If that is a prayer that someone might be praying today, I pray, Jesus, that you would give them assurance that they are saved, that you have come in, that you've answered that prayer. Lord, if there's someone here today that has already prayed that prayer many years ago, whenever that was, but then this relationship with you has kind of gotten a little old, kind of gotten a little worn out, probably not reading, reading the Bible as, as much as, as, as they should, or spending time with you in prayer as they should. 
maybe not expressing the fruit of the Spirit, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to grow in their lives. Whatever it might be, Lord, there's some indicators, I'm sure, that might be giving us some red flags that our relationship with you isn't growing, but it's stagnant. Lord, I pray for those people that if they're praying today, Lord, renew me, renew my, my relationship with you. I pray that you give them assurance as well, too that you are answering that prayer. Lord, I thank you for your work in our lives, and I thank you for this moment right now, that you are searching our hearts, <laughs> looking at our lives, and, and Holy Spirit, you are you're pointing out some things in our life. And I pray, Lord, that we would respond in obedience as you do that. Jesus, we are so grateful that you were born, that you lived, and that you ultimately traded your life so that we could experience eternal life. Help us to be grateful for that. Help us to be reminded of that daily and be so grateful. I pray, Lord, that you let us be humble like you. Help us to be loving like you. Help us to be filled with your grace like you. In this Christmas time, Lord, I pray that we would draw close to you and be used by you in incredible ways. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. If you've made, and worship team, come on up as they come on up. If you've made the, the decision to receive Christ as your Savior, let us know. Let me know. Let me know online if you've done that. Let me know. Um, we would count it a privilege to be able to pray for you, definitely. And here today, if you've done that, you want to fill out a friendship slip, it's in front of you there, slip it in the black box there, let me know how I might be able to pray for you or rejoice with you if you prayed the prayer today. And those who are online, you can do the same thing as well too. Contact us, if you want, put it in the chat. <laughs> Or you can also just contact us as well, too, through our webpage. Send us an email. Let me know. I'd like to be praying for you. But ultimately, of course, come talk to me. <laughs> I would love that part, to be able to see you face-to-face -face and know, wow, today you've made a decision. That's awesome. That's great. But the next step for you, though, is to get involved in a Bible study or get involved in God's Word more to be able to learn more about Him and His will for your life the next steps to be able to grow in your walk with Him. I trust that God is helping you with that. I trust God is going to provide every step of the way for you in that. And that you will say yes to whatever He has for you in the days ahead. We're going to finish out our time here together with a couple songs. And uh, I trust that the, the, these songs will, again, just continue to draw you towards God and rejoice in Him.